The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and definitely not Gabriel Landeskog shenanigans. Shut up. <laughs> it is March 10th, and this is our 92nd podcast. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. You know who else wears number 92? I do not. Who does? Ryan Johansson. And okay. I have very Jonathan few feelings about him. Druan. I have few few feelings about him as well. The only feelings I have about Ryan Johansson are entirely based on the fact that, like, one of my first hockey friends in this fandom uh, super loves Ryan Johansson so much that one time she was yelling about him and she accidentally typoed it into ruin. So it was R-U-A-N. So now anytime we talk about Ryan Johansson together, I have to like typo it on purpose. Talk nice. about ruin Johansson ruining her life. Oh, Evgeny Kuznetsov also wears. Oh, I like too. him. Yeah, this could be the Bird Selly, the Bird Selly yeah, podcast. Bird Selly podcast, and not anything about that piece of shit in Colorado. Fuck him. Well, he did get quite fucked up, actually. Uh, I don't know if you Good. saw, because it was this weekend that the news came out. Um, but when the Avs played, so the Avs played Dallas on Thursday. Um, and a game I really wanted to watch, actually, but I couldn't because now I am blacked out of all Avalanche games. And uh, the Stars went 4 nothing in a supreme offensive showing that we don't typically get to see. And I, I personally never get to see, really. Um, but, Was that uh, the game they won 4-0? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch so it either, but now I can't remember what I was doing. Oh, I was watching Shadowhunters with my sister-in-law. Keep going. Well, um, Landis Gog was going to collect the puck, or, like, was on the forecheck and trying to grab the puck from Bishop, and Bishop kind of, like, turned, and he, like, turned as, to protect the puck, right, and then turned as as Landis Gog basically skated up to him. So, like, Landis Gog basically skated up and got squished in between Bishop's back and the, the boards, and now he's out for four to basically the rest of the season because he did something to his upper body. I mean, on the one hand, it's not that I'm wishing like career ending <laughs> or life altering injury upon people just because I don't like them. But on the other hand, am I sad? No. Well, and I mean, if we're going to go at it from a practical point of view, the... Abs are one of the teams chasing the stars for a wild card spot, and while Rantanen and McKinnon are still having really good seasons, Landeskog was providing some additional scoring and, you know, uh, some additional help from their playoff hunt. So, so. ask me again, am I sad? <laughs> no. Um, but speaking of... Maybe we should talk a little bit about where the stars are at. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a really fun thing to do. <laughs> you say that like they didn't go on a four-game win streak. I uh, know. So <laughs> the Dallas Stars have 68 games played, so that gives them um, only 14 games left in the season. They have finally clawed their way back up to a zero goal differential. <laughs> their heart. They um, have an, a fantastic home record, still 21-11-2 at home, and, but are still being sunk by their away record, and they're about to head out on the road. Although two of those four games were on the road in that, in that win streak. Yeah, yeah. So they so. did. They did do a, a good job there. Maybe things are looking up, um, but they're still sitting pretty. <laughs> maybe, I said maybe. There's that's a, that maybe is doing a lot of work there. That's <laughs> doing a lot of heavy lifting, um, like Olympic levels of bench pressing. <laughs> what is that? What whatever that power lift move is in the Olympics, whatever that is, that's what it's doing. 
It's definitely making some uncomfortable grunts. (laughs) That's what what she said. (laughs) Um, But they're in the top wildcard spot uh, with 68 games. And a game in hand over the next one down. Yeah, a game in hand over Minnesota. Who? How, by the way, is Minnesota in a playoff spot right now? Well, they have one more game than Arizona. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> and uh, only one more point. So and only one more point. They're six two and two in their last ten. So they got a bunch of points off of those going into the overtime. Chicago deserves a little more credit than Chicago has gotten for clawing its way from 30th to 24th. Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I don't I'm really give not them any actually, credit for anything. I'm not really actually willing <laughs> to give them any points at all whatsoever. Uh, I do appreciate how far out of this bubble they are, though. That's great. I think the, the team, if I'm going to give them anything in the Western Conference, any credit, is going to be Arizona. Yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm very surprised to see how close they are to yeah. that line. I think it would be kind of fun if Arizona beat out Minnesota. And let's be real, like, part of the reason that I think Minnesota is in such trouble is that they lost Miko Koivu for the season. And, of course, the Nino Niederreiter trade was fucking terrible. Like, it was such a bad trade that not only that losing both Nino Niederreiter and Miko Koivu has really, really hampered their ability to score and play hockey. And they're a defensive hockey club. Like, so losing two of their best defensive players, one, which is their own fault and one, which, you know, just terrible, bad luck. I missed what happened to Miko Koivu. I forget. Were you living in fear that I was going to ask you? No. I'm living in fear that it wasn't Miko Koivu, and I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. The beauty of editing says that you can take that out entirely. (laughs) Okay, no, I was correct. (sighs) Once again, she is correct in her analysis. (laughs) Totally confident of strong return after surgery, but it will be next season. Right knee surgery. Oh, it was his ACL. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. No good. But yeah, so I mean, honestly, like, the stars are about where the stars have been all I mean, year. <laughs> it's about where the stars have been literally the entire time that you and I have been watching them, except for the 2015-16 season. Yeah. Well, and I think, so, I mean, specifically to this year, because, right, like, We've said it 80 billion times. You can go back and listen to the podcast. The Stars coming into the season looked like a middle bubbling team. They have never not looked like a middling bubbling team, except for maybe the 40 minutes when they had Matt Zuccarello. <laughs> the only wild card that we had for this was um, Monty, because we had no idea what kind of coach he would be. Right. And he has chosen to be more of a Ken Hitchcock coach than a Lindy Ruff coach. And I don't mean that in coaching style. I mean that in tactics. Because I watched, I did get to watch the, um, my D&D click game got canceled yesterday. So I ended up watching the Dallas-Chicago game, which for the first period was really fun. Like the Stars were losing in the first period. They lost, they, um, DeBrincat scored on a breakaway at the end of like 30 seconds left in the first period. But the stars were like getting shots. They were doing a lot of like great f- aggressive forechecking. They were cycling the puck. Jamie Ben had this shift that was just like vintage Jamie Ben. John Klingberg was all over the ice creating chaos. He was acting like almost a fourth forward. Um, and then DeBrincat scores on that breakaway, which was the second breakaway goal of the game. And. I'm guessing Monty took him into the locker room and reamed him out for letting off so many breakaways and trying too much. And for the rest of the game, they did nothing. And it was so fucking frustrating, especially because it's not like Chicago is a good defensive team. No. (laughs) Right? Like 
you're not no, going to win not. that game playing defense. They are such an offensively talented team that give them an inch of space and they will take it and score on you, which is what happened. But you don't win that game by closing down all of the space and not actually trying to wit like score. Right. You you're better off getting into a shootout because it's not like we don't have snipers on our team too. I don't know. It's I just ugh. this whole philosophy makes me so angry. The whole play don't not to lose philosophy makes me so angry and so disappointed. And I understand a yeah. little bit how it happened because when to start the season, we weren't like this. Right? If we talk if we look back at October, the Stars were really doing pretty good at generating chances. They were giving up a lot of chances. They hadn't really found their stride. The lines were still getting all mixed up and all of that. But they were fun. They were fun to watch. You didn't know it was gonna happen. It was interesting, entertaining hockey. I okay. Wait, who were we talking about at the beginning of this year? Dallas. Dallas yeah. in October was okay. interesting and entertaining. And then Klingberg got hurt. And without Klingberg, they didn't know what the fuck to do. I will so tell they... you what I miss. 1,000%. And I know that it's probably an unpopular opinion, but I miss Lindy Ruff. And I miss the Lindy Ruff era of the Dallas Stars. Not so much like Cody Eakin first slide and center, but like <laughs> the high events. I know that I used to have heart attacks watching the Dallas Stars nightly. But at least they were fun. They were a fun team to watch. They were a fast team to watch. It was fun hockey. And it hasn't been like that since Lindy Ruff was fired. Agreed. I, I actually agree. I would rather... I, I keep trying to make this, like... Obviously, I'm friends with Josh and Luke uh, Youngren, who run Evolving Wild and uh, Evolving Hockey. I like that you said that obviously as if I was supposed to know that was a thing. Oh, I make fun of them on Twitter all the time to their faces. Oh, okay. So like so I, some people would probably guess that I am actually friends with them. Or okay. or just that I'm mean indiscriminately to them. Hey, Sarah <laughs> is indiscriminately mean to a lot of people, y'all. <laughs> That's actually a thing. Well, I'm discriminately mean to these guys because as one might guess uh, from their name, they are wild fans. Um, and they've done That's some a inter- choice they've made. <laughs> Pretty sure they were Stockholmed into it. They grew up there. Oh God! But one of the what are they what they and what a lot of people in the analytics community focus on so much, and what coaches focus on a lot, is defense and how important defense is. And they do this because they think it gives them a best chance of winning a game, and. Don't get me wrong. I like winning games. I like when our team is doing well. I hate winning. It's my least favorite. (laughs) I never want to win a game ever. But I think there's something to the idea that is not made enough of. That sports are an entertainment product. And having a defensive team that wins 1-0... On a semi-consistent basis, because you can't win one nothing on a consistent basis. It's just not possible unless you have the best goalie in the world, which John Gibson was for a little while, and that's why Amazon could do Amazon. Anaheim, <laughs> <laughs> our newest expansion team, the Amazon headquarters. Oh my God, wherever it may land, uh, the thirty-second, thirty-third uh, team of the NHL, the Amazon HQ twos. Um, <laughs> Would their logo just be the box with the smile on it? <laughs> and would their jersey color then, like, by default be brown? Yes, it would be that puke brown. <laughs> yes, just it would be some, that puke brown. Some black detailing. <laughs> yeah. God, could you picture it? I forget where we were going. We were definitely making a point. We were. I was making a point. We, and then there and was then, Amazon. And then, and then there was shenanigans. It. And then I derailed it. Oh, no. We have to listen back. It's fine. We're good. I'm sure the point wasn't particularly important anyway. Oh, it was about as an entertainment product. Oh, yeah. My point was. Because you were talking was, about the Anaheim Ducks and John Gibson. Yeah. And you called them the Amazon was, Ducks. <laughs> I would rather watch an entertaining team that's a 
you know, 50-50 team than watch a team that's a 60-40 team and wins whatever. I mean, that is how we became Stars fans in the first place. Right? It's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. And honestly, some of the best hockey I've watched this year was against Dallas. Well, and that like I'm not ready. To the go other that team far. was more fun to watch, and I hate that. <laughs> I am unready and unwilling to even say that out loud. Well, it happened. Fuck. I think it was teams. one of those rare games where I watched and you didn't. It was um, oh, the best period of hockey I've seen so far from any team was the Blues against the Dallas, and that's the game. That's the uh, game that Dallas won, like I think five nothing <laughs> or something like. That. Wait, are we talking about the one that just happened last Saturday? Mm-mm. Oh, I didn't get to see that one. It was the one where they broke their win streak. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which also, here's the other thing I will say that I think. Wait, that was last positive. Saturday. They broke a win streak last no. Saturday, unless they broke another win streak. They there was the ten game win streak. That was the first one, and then they got better again, and then they oh. did it. But okay, because the yeah, well, the Blues were on a win streak last week too. Um, cause I definitely did not get to watch the one last Saturday. Okay. But one thing I will say that I think is true and I think is helping currently because Dallas has been on an upward trajectory from a points perspective, especially because of the four wins, right? Obviously, but just a little bit better in first periods, really good in second periods, having pretty strong third periods. Uh, and I think this is since the trade deadline, I think having, seen nil make the matt zuccarello move regardless of matt zuccarello actually being on the team has been a positive for the team because i think it shows that they there was some belief in them yeah a well, lot of belief in there them. there's something to be said for the fact that like the gm agreed that they were buyers not sellers at the deadline which mm-hmm. they definitely should have been anyway like we weren't completely out of the playoffs like there's no reason to sell 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 at the deadline but you know like and anytime that you you're especially given the shit that had like they that the front office has said about them throughout the season the idea Mm -hmm. that it's like okay and now we're gonna get this piece and now our team will be complete i mean that's a huge psych like good psychological kick in the pants you know in a good way yeah so yeah so I think I think we are seeing some effects of that. I also really like some of the lines he rolled out yesterday. Um, I thought uh, Rupe Hints with Sagan and Radulov was a really good, lo- good solid line. And like I said, Ben's line was actually quite good as well. He seemed to be really on it. Uh, Klingberg was playing with Miro Haskinen, which is the definition of fun. Absolutely. <laughs> so... You know, I think there there are some definite positives, even if I wasn't crazy about everything that happened. Well, so speaking of the playoffs, we have our first team officially in and our first team officially out. So and it is March 10th. Who is the, are the Lightning the first team officially in? They have clinched their playoff spot. Nice. They are also very, very likely to be the President's Trophy winner. I I don't think there's anybody who can catch up with them, even. How could they not be? Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one can catch up with them. Like, unless they lose all of their remaining games. And whoever is catching up with them wins all of their remaining games. Yeah. Boston's on a win streak as well. They are very likely to get in. Gross. Um, And the Senators are the first team to officially be eliminated. I mean, is anyone surprised? No. I mean... No. Maybe... God, who is their GM again? Is it Melnick? No, Pierre Dorian. But Melnick is basically their GM. He is their owner. That's what... Okay, that's what. That's where I got that name from. Yeah, okay. So Melnick might be surprised. <laughs> Given, given some of the shit he said about them recently, I feel like he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> so I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Dun-dun. 
Man reacts! Oh, God. <laughs> hey, listen, it is the first time we have ever had a segment with a theme song. No, I, <laughs> I am extremely excited about it, it. You know, it's exciting because it makes me feel very mabim-bam. Uh, so I know. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to the podcast within a podcast where we talk about me reacting or overreacting to many things. So when I was putting together in our five minutes pre-record uh, brainstorming sessions, <laughs> I was putting together our little list of what to talk about. And she was like, well, let's talk about how we could have this goaltending in 1516 and how great that would have been and also existential dread and i was like well i think i can help you out with some existential dread oh god what if i don't need help with existential dread what about then carolyn so micah blake mccurdy friend of the podcast micah blake mccurdy and I did almost just call him Micah Blake McDurdy. You really did, and I heard it happen. <laughs> Is that a new nickname we're giving him, or what? No! <laughs> anyway, he has a very excellent chart. Oh, no. Called Sadness. Oh, no! Where are the stars <laughs> on this sadness chart? I am. So, I know exactly what this chart is, and I'm already mad. Start sadness is a chart, uh, which is chance of missing playoffs and not picking in the top five. It is reserved for those sad, sad fucks who, who, who just miss on the playoffs and therefore have the lowest uh, number of whatever entries into the draft bit, entry draft bid. So, to no one's surprise, uh, the... I know. Well, hang on, hang on. You won't be surprised by this part. Ottawa has a 99.99% chance of sadness because they don't have a guaranteed first-round pick, I don't believe. God bless. God bless. Or no, they do have a guaranteed first-round pick, but it's from Columbus, who is currently in a playoff spot, and therefore will not be in the lottery. Would you care to guess... What percentage of chance of sadness Dallas has? Is it above 40? No. Oh, thank God. Is it, is it above 30? Is it like... No. Okay, no. Okay, is it, is it 29? I'm not going to tell you anymore. You have to actually pick a number. Sorry. I'm, I'm picking 29. <laughs> No, okay, it is, in fact, 15%. Wow, okay. I don't know. I'm not that sad anymore. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to overreact to in this portion. <laughs> oh, uh, God, that makes you... me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, who said Marin Reacts had to only be bad news? <laughs> Yeah, apparently it can sometimes be good news. I didn't know because it's never been good news, but. <laughs> Welcome to the stars. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, however, I do have some slight bad news. Oh, God. Uh, as of March 9th, our, close, our chance of sadness was closer to 10%. But because of key wins and a bad loss, it jumped to 15%. You can't see me, but I'm making a face. <laughs> uh, do you want to know who the most likely matchup for us is in the first round of the playoffs? Um, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to find out? Is it? It is called Marin Reacts. We can't just leave the, leave the the listeners hanging. Okay, but if it's Winnipeg, like I just don't want to know. Well, then I guess I won't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we're saying is happy first round uh, exit from the playoffs. 
for the stars. Well, yes. I mean, if asked me six months ago what I would have agreed, but we have beaten Winnipeg a decent amount this season and we're not particularly good. I mean, there's not particularly good. And then there's like beating them five times or six times or no, four times or it's four times. You have to win four times. I, I can't. I'm so tired. <laughs> Numbers. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm just saying I'm a little, um, not believing in our, that seems rude. Um, I just have some questions. I mean, I don't really, I don't think they've got answers. I don't really have questions anyway, it's fine. I didn't, I didn't have questions. Um, (laughs) I'm just saying I'm a little nervous about the star's chances is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. I'm saying that things have not gone well for them in the past against Winnipeg. And we have to win against them four times in a very short period of time. And as far as I know, one of the Winnipeg Jets is still Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, that is still the case. He's a big man. <laughs> That's true. I'm he just, is still a big man as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just throwing those he things. He has not gotten any smaller. I'm just throwing those things out there. Seeing what <laughs> sticks. I'm just saying I don't want to play Winnipeg. <laughs> All I'm saying. Well, there's a 21% chance it could be Nashville. I honestly would rather have Nashville. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. What's going to happen now is we're going to get Nashville. We're going to lose against Nashville in the first round. People will come back to this podcast and they'll throw shit at me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to duck and cover. That's probably for the best. Serpentine, Marin, serpentine. (laughs) Oh, my God. If you had ever seen... Generation Kill, you would know how ridiculous it is to yell Serpentine at anybody. <laughs> have you ever watched Generation Kill? I have not. Okay, so um, there's this part at the very end where, do you know what Generation Kill is? It's um, about soldiers in Iraq? Yes. So it is, okay. uh, it, it, a Rolling Stone reporter was embedded with the first recon marines in... Um, Yes, in the invasion of Iraq um, in 2003, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's this part at the very, very end when they've made it into um, whatever fucking town they were going to. I can't remember now. And uh, they, were sta- they were all kind of holed up in this um, cigarette factory. And they were going to check... Um, uh, their perimeters and stuff. And so there was somebody in with a sniper gun taking pot shots at them. So the reporter, they're like, uh, they're, they're all running back to cover. And so like uh, the reporter starts running in a serpentine fashion. And when he gets to the other side, everybody was like, what the fuck was that? And so then he starts quoting the serpentine line and they were like, run in a straight line. You'll live longer. <laughs> It's a true fucking story. Recon Marines told this Rolling Stone reporter to run in a straight line because he'd live longer. So that's my <laughs> advice to anybody ever caught getting shot at. Is run in a straight line because apparently you'll live longer. Good. Ten and that has been Surviving Sniper Rifle Fire. <laughs> <Within> <laughs> the podcast. Within the podcast. Within the podcast. Inception. <laughs> The one that goes deeper. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. I also thought this would be a great podcast to bring back one of our, I guess, I don't know if other people liked it, but we fucking thought it was hilarious. Uh, Segment, Stars Charts. Um, I cannot, if, if people don't, okay. If people are listening to this podcast and don't find that fun, then it means that they're listening to the wrong podcast because this is who we've been all along. 
True. It's not like we suddenly became ridiculous. No. So, um... <laughs> Stars Charts is a segment where Marin picks three players and tells me their birthdays, and then I read their horoscopes. Okay. Let me get to... Because I know... I mean, I know our team. I don't know their birthdays, so I'm getting over to our roster. Give me just a second. I know... Both Miro Haskinen and Jamie Benner Cancers because they have the same birthday. Yes. That's all. Uh, That's okay. the only one I remember. No, it's cool. And I think we've already done Ben Bishop. Um, okay, so we're mm. going to do... Um, okay, let's do Joel L'Esperance. Who is and a, what is... He's a Leo. He was born August 18th. And he's a Leo. 1995. Okay. <laughs> God. Oh, that was my freshman year of high school. He's younger than my sister. Okay. So this week I'm getting uh, our horoscopes from The Cut. Leo Weekly Horoscope. It's strange the way that new beginnings can feel so much like a loss. The loss of the person you thought you were. The loss of some kind of old daily steadiness. The loss of the futures that you had to say no to in order to choose this one. You might find yourself moving into some new space this week, but don't imagine that means you have to leave behind everything you've known. Hopefully, your AHL scoring records. Some old Please. feelings may retreat. <laughs> some old feelings may retreat from your mind, and some new ones may arrive, and others will remain steady, a bridge, a light to guide you from here into the future. Okay, I'm sorry. That was melancholy as fuck. Yeah, it was a little depressing. I am a Leo, and I do not appreciate that. <laughs> okay, now we're going to do the star's newest player, who is not currently playing, Matt Zuccarello, who was born 1st September 1987, still younger than my youngest sibling. He's a Virgo. Virgo. Where did you go, Virgo? Oh, here we go. There it is. All right. This week, you might feel like the world is speaking to you in a language you haven't fully learned yet, like it's telling you secrets in a whisper too quiet to hear. Don't think of this as a challenge, exactly, or a problem, or a verdict on your own abilities. There's comfort in not understanding everything, and comfort in the knowledge that mystery still exists. This week, try to think about the things you don't understand as openings for your attention, as small invitations as sites of strange possibility. I feel like this is calling me out as a writer who likes to do extremely long sentences. I feel like it's calling out anybody who writes purpley prose. Uh, okay. So many commas. So many. Um, the last one we're going to do is Roman Polak, because I feel like we should do Roman Polak, because he's a Taurus. He's a hit with the moms. He's a hit with the moms. And he's a Taurus. Which is why he's hit with the mom. That makes a lot of sense. Doesn't I it? I feel like. Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> okay. Okay. Hang on. Can you compose myself? This might be a week for moving slowly. Time to stand still. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, perfect. Oh, Change god, is moving going. toward you. Change that's radical and necessary, but sweet as the springtime. Don't try to stop it from coming. Don't try to sidestep it or run away. When you think about change in the abstract, it's so easy to imagine that it's a wild, destructive force, but sometimes it moves slowly, even gently. <laughs> <laughs> even when you can't control or direct or predict it, sometimes it offers you exactly the things you've wanted all along. Beautiful and perfect. Excellent choices. Oh, God. Good job, us. 
Good job, us. Anyway, if you guys have a player that you want to see on Stars Chart next time, I'll uh, put out a question for that too. Yeah, just let us know. And if we've just already done them, know. you know, horoscopes update weekly, so let us know. They do. We, we do the weekly ones. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to do a quick shout out. Um, so CHAC, Seattle Hockey Analytics Conference, is going on right now. If you're into that, you can just Google the hashtag CHAC. Um, Google the hashtag. Go on fucking Twitter search. You know how to have. You know Good how God. to use a hashtag. Carolyn doesn't You're apparently. <laughs> Tweet deck does all the work for me. Yeah, obviously. Um, but friend of the podcast, Hockey Babbler, is there, and she's doing fantastic doodle recaps of most of the talks. Yes, they're so great. They're so great. They're so easy to understand. Um, and also, uh, the talks are being live streamed, and there will be YouTube footage of everybody up. Um after the talks are over. In fact, I think the ones from yesterday are already up. Even if so, you don't understand what Mike and Blake McDirty is talking about. <laughs> this is new one. <laughs> you should, what? You said McDirty. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Yeah. No, I know. That, I know. I, I know. Uh, I'm just saying, I said McDirty and you said McDirty. I know. And now I feel just really bad. Yeah, it's fine. He... Does he even listen to this podcast? He'll be fine. No, thank God. Uh, thank God. It'll be fine. Um, he uh, he is a fun person to watch speak because he dances. And it's hilarious. So It's so good. I recommend... And he's talking about goalies. Yeah, I recommend... And he said nice things about Ben Bishop. As he should, because Ben Bishop is great. So, yeah, you should watch that one, even if it's just for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you can, and I'm sure Hockey Graphs, because I run their social media, will uh, put up the links to this as well after everything's over. So, if you're into Seahawk, if you're into hockey analytics, which you might be nominally because you listen to this podcast, go ahead and check that out. Indeed. Marin, do you want to talk about happy things? Can I talk about Captain Marvel? You may, in fact, talk about Captain Marvel. Excellent. You, okay, I'm not going to spoil it. I've seen it. Oh! But don't spoil it for our listeners. Oh my god, wasn't it so good, though? I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. Okay, so here's the thing. I only peripherally, because I had blocked all mentions of it on Twitter because I didn't want to get spoiled, uh, I had only peripherally heard about all the people negging it all over the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... I just don't follow those kinds of people in general and Same. you know, whatever. So I didn't find out really until afterwards that they had like what they had tried to do. But like that movie, while I didn't, I didn't love it with the same fervor that I loved Wonder Woman. I mm-hmm. thought that it was an excellent addition into the Marvel cinematic universe. I really, yep. really loved Brie Larson as Captain Marvel um, Same. and see, and like, I, I thought that the, uh, the, um, oh no, that would be a spoiler. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought that the blank being the actual blank was really cool. <laughs> I really, I have pretty much almost the exact same feelings. Um, I don't think, I mean, it certainly wouldn't be in my top three Marvel movies. Um, um I think it might be in my top three Marvel movies. It's for me. It's it's still Winter Soldier, um, Ragnarok, and Black Panther. But I think it'd probably be number four. Ooh, and no, see, it's above all the Captain Americas for me. I I just really really love Winter Soldier because it's such a spy movie and for instead of like a superhero movie to me, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy that about it. No, I get it. I totally get um, it. But for me, it's Black Panther, Ragnarok, yeah, yeah. and then now this one. I think. And I I mean, but I also I liked Civil War more than Black than uh, Winter Soldier. I did not like Civil War. Anything that gives Tony Stark that much screen time is probably a no from me. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. I completely understand. Uh, but no, I really, I thought Brie Larson was fantastic. Yes. Samuel L. Jackson was so good. Yes. So good. Possibly one of the best Samuel L. Jackson roles we have seen in years. I know. I agree. Uh, I was so good. I, was also, I mean, I loved Phil Coulson a lot. Yes. A lot. A lot. Yes. It was so fun to see him show up. Yes. And I also love... Um, I loved... I, I just thought... I loved like, the cat. Yep. He was great. And I loved... Um, 
I just liked, I loved everybody's interplay. I think my only complaint really, one of my big complaints is that it's, it was more so than the other ones that we both like agree that we love like Black Panther and, and Ragnarok more so it felt like it was written for a young audience and not in the way that really good kids movies do that. Mm-hmm. Like there was some dialogue in there that was so like cheesy, cheesy. Yeah. And condescending almost mm-hmm. in its cheesiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so, but the moments that were good were so good. Uh, I, so the thing, the thing about it, like, cause I said that I didn't like it as much as I like Wonder Woman. And the, the way that I feel like I can judge that is by how the movie made me feel like as a woman, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cause like watching Wonder Woman and having those first 20 minutes of movie, not seeing a single dude, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like, just, I was crying the first 20 minutes of the movie because I was like, this is what I wanted to see. And then like that whole, the whole thing where she runs out into no man's land. I again, started crying a lot. Mm. And like, Oh yeah. That was, that oh, was tears ball. Like I honestly was straight up bawling when that happened. Um, yeah. especially because they were doing all those like tight angles on her body, but not like the ass and the boobs, but like her hands and the, her feet and, you know, like all that, like it was the thing mm-hmm. that you would concentrate on if you were showing a dude climbing a ladder and going off a, a, to battle. Like uh, it was right. uh, that, that part, like starting at that part, every time I watch it, I sob. But like with this one, the only part that I really kind of got like weepy at was the part where they showed her getting back up every time. I, yes. And what made me sad is that's in one of the trailers. I know. So I knew it was coming. And I was just waiting. Yeah. So like, because and I mean, this might be a spoiler. So like, plug your ears, kids, if you don't want to hear this. But like, the fact that I was waiting for that the whole movie long, and that it ended up being like the big, like, kind of this is her moment kind of thing. Like, you could tell that that. I mean, I feel like you could tell that that was like this is her moment from the from the previews. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, because I was waiting for that the whole movie long, I almost felt like it had less of an emotional impact than it could have. I, I just wish I they agree. hadn't. I agree. Come on, I just wish they, similarly to Thor Ragnarok, I wish they hadn't shown um, Hulk in the previews at all. Because yeah. that whole moment where Thor is down there and they're talking about the champion and then all of a sudden it's Hulk. And like, I wanted to be as surprised as Thor was. And instead I was like, they showed this in the previews. You've already ruined this surprise. <laughs> like, yeah. why could, why did you step all over your own moment? So I feel like that, that, that whole, like the, the whole standing up moment, even though like that was the moment that really like got me in the theater, I feel like it could have gotten me so much more if they hadn't shown it in the preview. I agree. So <coughs> would you say Captain Marvel is your happy thing? Uh, I mean, you know how my week has been going, right? <laughs> it's literally yes. the only good thing that happened to me this week. Uh, so Captain Marvel is semi my happy thing i took myself on a date to see it last night oh i also saw apollo 11 today it was a good thing too good movies yay Yay. uh but my happy thing is something that i did yesterday i marie condoed the shit out of my clothes yeah i saw that on on twitter and i'm pretty sure everybody did but i feel so fucking free right now like it feels so good so I have not been in my own house in like two and a half weeks for more than like two nights. And it's an actual pigsty in my room. Like it's embarrassing. Um, but watching you do that with your clothes and like just the whole idea that I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Uh, what I want to focus on this spring is like Marie condoing my entire house. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm doing. I, you start with clothes because that's the one where it's easiest to learn to let go. Yeah. And then you move into the other categories. Do I have to let go of any of my jerseys, though? No. The thing is that it's about what keep what you love. Mm-hmm. Only keep what you love. Okay. If you don't love it, get, let it go. But if you love it, keep it and be proud of it. I love everything take care of Ben it. has touched. Well... Then be proud of it and take care of it. And that's all the that's all that you have to do. Excellent. Okay. I'm gonna make us move on because we have a lot of listener questions right. and we've already been on the phone for an hour. 
<laughs> I mean, I would say I'm sorry, but y'all knew what you were getting into. Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen asks, number one, Isabel Cup final predictions. Well, Buttes we know are in, um, and we don't know the next one because that semifinal had to be delayed, but I'm going to go Whitecaps, Whitecaps Buttes, and I think the Whitecaps, Whitecaps will take it home. Excellent. That's a great one. Okay, number two. In honor of Raz's first hat trick. Also, how was this his first hat trick? I don't understand. Because um, he ha- well, because he took so much. It's his first NHL hat trick. So, and he had so many years off oh. when he was playing in the N- in oh, KHL. I for- See, I forget all the time that he was playing in the KHL. Okay, in honor of Raz's first hat trick, which Stars player has the best chance to get their first hat trick by the end of the season? Well, now I don't remember who hasn't had a hat trick this season. Uh, well, I mean, we can always go Jason Dickinson because I'm 90% sure he has not had one. I feel like it's going to be somebody who hates us. So Brett Ritchie. (laughs) Jamie Alexiak. (laughs) I would just like to say Jamie Alexiak has been the healthy scratch for the last two games. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What if John Klingberg gets his first hat trick by the end of the season? Yes. Right. I want it. Right. Right. Bring it to me. Me too. Me too. Me too. Do you remember when people would get mad at us for being mad about Jamie Alexiak being like when John Klingberg was being an offensive defenseman? I was like, that's because John Klingberg does a lot of other things well as well. Yeah, he's getting some flack for letting people past him at the blue line, which is true. Mm-hmm. Which is true. This is a thing. He is actually not particularly good at standing people up at the blue line. Mm-hmm. But what the pro- difference is, if you're only looking at the micro stat, you're like, oh man, he's really bad at defense. But then when you look at the actual shots against, what he does is when they get into the blue line, get in past the blue, past him at the blue line, he's extremely good at tracking them down getting in the right position and blocking shooting lanes and then corralling the puck and turning it back out. That's why he has good defensive numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not microstats are valuable, but as in the name, they only show you a very tiny slice of the picture. So while yes, he's bad at this one microstat, if you look at the bigger, broader, more important picture, which are shots against He's actually pretty average. Right. And generally one of the better stars. No, I agree. Just, just, just saying. You're, you're not going to make me disagree with you. It's fine. <laughs> I know. I wasn't saying it at you. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Alex asks, what team are we all switching to when the stars inevitably sign Bo Meester and McGinn for, uh, quote-unquote, depth. I've already told y'all I'm going to become a Carolina Hurricanes fan. I'm gonna, Tampa Bay all the way! I'm joining the surge. I mean, I'm already kind of a Tampa Bay fan, but, like, nothing really has brought me as much joy, precisely, nothing has brought me as much joy this season as watching the Carolina Hurricanes win games, except for that one time that they won against us, and I was really mad about it because we were actually at that game. <laughs> But even still, watching the dads play hide-and-seek afterwards was pretty much actually worth losing. Yeah, yeah. They were really cute. And Dallas played like shit that game, so like you can't even be mad I, about them. Winning. I can't really be mad about No, they were absolute shit. They were dog shit. They were dog diarrhea. Because, <laughs> like, even worse than regular shit. <laughs> So anyway, those are our answers. Uh, Christopher asks, I know it's early to predict, but who do you see coming this spring summer from Europe, juniors, college, and having a legit experience shot at jumping the line and becoming NHLers? Also, thoughts on whether Johns, Mathot, Polak, etc. play again or slash get re-signed? Well, I think Johns will play again. Yes. He's signed for two more seasons. Yes. Well, I mean, um, it just kind of depends on how long these post-concussion symptoms right. stick around. I mean, right. Sidney Crosby and, didn't play for two effing years. 
And honestly, but he's signed for two more seasons. So sure. this would be his one year. And then next year it'd be the second year. And then he'd be on the salary again. Uh, honestly, I'm more, I'm more concerned about them. He just gets better. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, yes, obviously. I know. I know you. I, my point is that more of like, if he doesn't ever play again, because it's better for his brain health, that's good. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I could see Mark Mathot retiring after this season. This is his last year under contract. He's had continuous issues. I don't think the Stars will re-sign him. And I think he might retire. I mean. But who knows? Good luck and Godspeed. Fare you well. Uh, I absolutely think Roman Pollock's going to get re-signed. It makes me angry, but I think it's going to happen. It just makes me so tired. Yeah. It makes me so very tired to think of Roman Pollock and Oh my did god. Did you know that Taylor Fadoon is 30? I did. I thought he was 26. Like, I knew he was on the older side of, like, somebody who was from the NHL, or AHL, rather. No. I did not know he was you 30. You know, do you know who keeps con- Good like, on confusing you, Taylor me Fadoon. every time I see Good him? Good on you. Even though you had a Blake very rough Como. game. On, I was watching that video on Dallas Stars Picture uh, Day, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, I, and then see, I, I think it up and I was like, oh, like, I think he'll get resigned for basically sense. the same I have no idea who you are because I never look at you. And I don't appreciate <sighs> it. I don't appreciate being trolled in this manner. Um, Anybody else coming over from juniors or anything like that? Fucking Dallas is bad at drafting people. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that I'm missed about maybe a full minute of what you were talking about and just came that's back okay. in. You agreed with me. When... <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. Uh, but I was talking on my end, so good luck editing that is all I'm saying. <laughs> I've, you, were, you would have also agreed with me. It's fine. I was just talking about <laughs> how completely forgettable Blake Como is. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't follow enough of not NHL hockey to have any opinion on college juniors or Europe. To be quite honest. The only person I could potentially see coming over is Jason Robertson. And I just Googled him. He's 19 right now, which means that he could potentially, he will be 20 next year, which means he'll be outside of the whole weird CHL thing mm-hmm. so i could see jason robertson potentially making the team he's jamie ben-esque in play style he's a left wing so again jamie ben-esque big kid 6 200 pounds tries hard loves the game tries hard loves the game apparently very shy and basically single-handedly like ran away to get uh ran away with scoring on his not particularly good OHL team before getting traded. So, holy fuck. What? I'm looking at his points right now for the season. So he started out on the King... I, I don't remember if he started on the Niagara team or he started out on Kingston. No, it must have started on Kingston. This is how bad at prospects I am. So he was playing for the Kingston front necks, put up 38 points, including 23 goals in... Do you want to guess how many games? All right, wait, how many goals? 23 goals... I'm going to say 38 points total. 15 games. Not quite that good, but very good. 24 games. That's impressive. Yeah. He is currently on the Niagara Ice Dogs. Got traded mid-season. He has 20 goals and 48 assists for 68 points. Do you want to guess how many games? Is it in the 40s? No. Is it lower? Guess. Make a guess. Shit. 37. Very close. 34 games. Shit. He's averaging two points per game. I almost said 35, but I was like, I don't want to make myself look like an ass. Yeah. Damn. He also had uh, a point per game in the World Juniors this year. All right. And was named a top three player on the U.S. team. Of course he was. Why wouldn't he be? Well, because he is. Uh, right. Also, 
Cn Canadian or sorry, uh, Californian. <laughs> it says like, Ca. Wait, what? How can he it says be Ca? And I just like woo went to Canada. No, he's from California, born and raised California. Oh, fun. I mean, fuck California. So I could see fun. him. I could see him coming over maybe, yeah. and it, if he has a strong camp. Yeah, for sure. But that's basically the only person I could even name. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Larry Joe asks, A, will Val score again in this lifetime? Not in the NHL. B, where does the militia to defend Foxa form? Uh, right outside section 121. The only reason I said that is because that's the last section I sat in. <laughs> I feel like it's less of a militia. I feel like with Foxa being our good, good boy, mm-hmm. it should be more of like a pack. Yeah. We're a, we're a pack of wild rabbit dogs defending our own. Yeah. No one, no one hurts one of ours. No one. No one. I, I would try to growl, but I'd be really bad at it. We're going to say some mean things to you on our podcast. Yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> uh, the best Shani in all the land asks, uh, number one, thoughts on the recent decision to switch the D pairs to Lindell or Lindell? I can't remember what we're saying this year. Polak. Lindell. Lindell, Polak, and Miro Klingberg. Mira Klingberg is a fun pairing. It's so fun. It's a very it's... fun pairing. I don't know why I said it like that, but it's a fun pairing. It's so fun. You I know what's it. not fun? Lindell and Polak. <laughs> that is like... Okay, hang on. Let's look up this matchup. Because I looked at the matchup. So this has only been, I think, two games that the pairings have been like this. And the reason it is happening is specifically to let Haskinen and Klingberg go apeshit, like wherever they want to, and then just bury the other two in the defensive zone. Miro and Klingberg is the future of this franchise. It is the future of the fucking sport. It is actually the future of the sport. This is the future. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. However, in the first game, unsurprisingly, uh, Lindell and Polak got buried by the Avs top line. And they were very, very specifically matched against McKinnon's line. I mean... This game... They're not... Yeah, that was going to happen. Right? Everybody saw it coming. This game against Chicago... They were not as specifically matched, but they did mostly play against the uh, Anisimov line, who uh, contains somebody I have no fucking clue who he is, as well as somebody I wish I didn't know. Um, but wait, who? Uh, Patrick Kane. Oh, oh, I thought we were talking about defensive pairing. Sorry, I got confused. No, no, like... no. It's from a line perspective. Oh, gotcha. So Anisimov, uh, Cahoon, Cahoon. I'm and Kane. I have no idea who Dominic Cahoon is. Zero fucking clue. I have literally never read this name. I watched this game and I don't know who fucking Dominic Cahoon is. I didn't watch the game and I have no idea who that man is. But unsurprisingly, they got buried again. Like, so bad. And, but on the flip side, the plan for Haskin and Klingberg worked to treat. They won every matchup they had except for... Against the Dylan Strom to bring cat line, okay. which they only played a little bit about. You don't know Cahoon because he's a rookie this year. Uh, From the Czech Republic. I feel less bad. Yeah, I wouldn't feel bad at all. Also, he had zero points in that game. Well, there weren't many points to go around. No. No, there were not. <laughs> they did only score two goals. There were no points after the first period. Which tells you how exciting of a game God, it that was. That must have been boring as fuck. Yeah. 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 So I guess my thoughts are really, I don't know. I just, Lindell Pollock can't do what they think they can do. No. And that's really my main concern is they can't do what they think they do. When you say they, are we talking about the stars or are we talking about Pollock and Lindell? No, I'm talking about Monty. Okay. 
I'm not, I think, I think they probably, I think the players themselves probably know their own strengths and weaknesses pretty well. Probably better than Monty does. <laughs> and like emblematic. And again, I know you didn't watch the game, but, um, and this was actually a kind it was, um, in the middle of a change. So it was Fadoon and Pollock on the ice, but just emblematic of having Pollock play as many minutes as he has been playing is yesterday. The, uh, one of the main, the first goal scored was a two on one. And Pollock was the one. And <laughs> even Razor, who loves talking about how tough he is, was like, his job is to take away at least one of those passes in the, you know, because it was a perfect, like, tic-tac-toe yeah. two-on-one from the, from the Blackhawks. And it, he was like, it's Pollock's job to make sure at least one of those passes doesn't connect, and he didn't do that. Yeah. Anyway. No. But Miro Klingberg is really fun. Yeah. So do I want them to not do it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like trying to weigh like our options are like have this pair that gets buried constantly, but have this pair that eats people for lunch. What if we just get rid of Polak? What if this is where we're at on the season? I would rather have Jamie Alexiak in the game. Oh my god. I mean, I can't say that I disagree, though. Right? God, I feel dirty. <laughs> I need a shower. Marin Blake McDirty. <laughs> oh, God, I need a shower. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Ask question two. Okay. Question two. <laughs> Which Stars player taught you love? Which taught you patience? And which taught you pain? <laughs> I I know my answers for all of those. Uh, I know my answers for the first two. Let's think. Okay. No, I do. I think I know all of mine. I know all of mine. Uh, Klingberg taught me love. Obs. Jamie Ben taught me love. Also obvious. Yeah. Uh, Kari Lettman taught me patience. <laughs> Oh, good pull. Uh, I was going to go with Lindell because we were ready to write him off after that one season and then he turned it around. Yeah, yeah. No, he did it. He's, he, I agree. Um, I mean, I'm still I'm sticking with my answer. Um, and Jamie Alexiak, Tommy Payne, or Matt Zuccarello. <laughs> I was going to go with Alexiak, but you know what actually pains me more to this day? What's that? Julius Honka. Oh, yeah. I also like my, that mine is all defensemen. I do like you. <laughs> I feel it's like... It's pretty emblematic of me as a person. Did you, did you <laughs> notice that without even really thinking about it, I went forward goalie defenseman. <laughs> and you went defenseman, defenseman, defenseman. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay, your turn. For somebody who really hates defense, I care more about defensemen than anything else. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> It's just a thing. It's fine. It's what it's, it's what uh you always hate the most about you or you always uh are the complain the most about what you hate about yourself. Yes, precisely. <laughs> uh, yes. Mm-hmm. 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 You hate the most in others what you hate in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep going. What's the last one? All right, Andrew. Too cool for Callie asks. If a player scores five goals in a game, what article of clothing should fans throw on the ice? Foot hand, foot slash hand coverings. You can specify which side and why, if you like. If it's not a bra, just go home and sit down. <laughs> See, I was gonna call it a hand job because you got five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have never in my life worn a gloves to a game. I know, I know. I mean, like, if the if I if we lived in the north, like, yeah, a hand job would be hilarious, and you throw your gloves, but like. Who wears them in Texas? A mitten trick. <laughs> a mitten trick. I like it. I do like it. I just would never have one of those articles of clothing at a game. But I am always wearing my bra. Yeah, but then we're excluding 40, you know, 45% of fans. Men, Well, men can throw their underwear. It's fine. <laughs> they can just detach their underwear. Fucking stripper style. Honestly, if you're not wearing rip-away clothing at a hockey game, what are you doing there? <laughs> And that's all we have for you. Today. 
have pulled it together at the end, I think. We did. We brought it back. <laughs> I feel like this is a pretty, pretty emblematic episode Absolutely. for us. Yeah. 1,000% is. For sure. <laughs> if you need more of us, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Classless. I am at Marinish. And you can follow our official Twitter at Depart. At Depart Hockey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. <laughs> You can also email us with question, comments, or your own titles for a five-goal game. <laughs> yeah, we accept all suggestions. Uh, wait, at yeah. deeparthockey at gmail.com. Sorry. You gotta give them the email address. Uh, you can also uh, follow our actual blog that we sometimes post to at uh, deeparthockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye!